Whether you are starting a business or running a business, maybe you are producing a podcast like The Kara Golden Show. Let's face it, it's always way harder than one might expect. Lots of little details, meticulous planning, producing product, guest coordination, editing, promoting each episode. It's all a ton of work. Managing merchandise, managing cases and book sales too, layer after layer of complexity. And if you're like me, looking for ways to operate more efficiently and effectively is the name of the game. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret. ShipStation, the tool that is here to help you and you need to know all about it. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me to manage orders from anywhere and print shipping labels with just a click. Seriously, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates, you can't go wrong. Significant savings. And who doesn't want that? An easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses? Not much churn either. 98% of them stay with ShipStation because it truly works. ShipStation is it. So if you're ready to streamline your shipping process and focus more on what you love, head over to ShipStation.com, the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am super thrilled to have our next guest here, Lorene Aseo, who is the founder and co-CEO of Fresh and Lean, and such an interesting story. She actually co-founded the company with her brother Thomas in 2010 when she was only 18 years old. Super, super incredible. Fresh and Lean is an organic preheat and eat meal delivery service. What started as a friend and family packing meals and Tupperware business has grown significantly over the years. And I'm super, super excited to hear all about her journey, how she's seen being a co-CEO and dealing in a startup world. And she's incredibly determined. Uh, She's a mission-driven entrepreneur with just a super incredible story. So without further ado, welcome, Lorene. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you describe fresh and lean to your friends when they say, what is fresh and lean? I would say um, in simple words, Fresh and Lean is an organic meal delivery service, and it is really focused on quality ingredients, fresh ingredients, and we make incredible meals and ship them directly to your door. So the idea for the company, I was doing some research and I mean, super, super incredible about the personal story, but can you share a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So it started, um, like you mentioned, when I was 18 years old, I was going to school at the time for apparel manufacturing and business management. So before jumping into this business, I had aspirations of starting a sustainable line of clothing um, and was doing that. And at that time, we got some pretty scary news about my father's health. And, you know, originally my parents immigrated here from Europe. And so the food quality in Europe compared to the food quality here in the U.S., is so vastly different that through the 20 years um, or 25 years that they were here um, and eating the processed foods and a lot of the ingredients that quite frankly are restricted in Europe but are allowed to be put in our food here, um, my father gained a lot of weight and unfortunately had health issues. So at that time, the doctor told him, look, you have to do something super drastic or uh, we might not see you very soon. It might result in a, in a heart attack or something of that nature. And what we did was we kind of band together and I started making meals for him. Um, he went strictly vegan and um, through eating better food, whole, you know, whole grains, organic vegetables, he was able to reverse his health issues, lose 85 pounds and really get back on the right track. And once we saw and really what I saw, what good nutrition was able to do for him, I thought to myself, this is not only incredible and such like a simple solution, like we don't have the secret sauce, right? It's just going back to the basics. And how can we do this for so many millions of Americans that are in the same predicament, right? People don't have a lot of education on food, at least they didn't 12 years ago. Whereas now we're super fortunate to be in an environment where people actually care what they put in their bodies. And so back then I just thought, look, there's a huge opportunity to help a lot of people. And that's really what I wanted to do. And that's what I focused on over the last 12, almost 12 years now. Um, And it's been really incredible. So I started in my one bedroom apartment on the weekends um, because I was still going to school, making meals in Tupperware containers for friends and people who, um, you know, were in my parents' Pilates class and things like that. And once I graduated from the program that I was doing for fashion, I, you know, had, I guess there was like a fork in the road. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do I continue down this path of this food company that I kind of started in my apartment or do I follow um, a career in in fashion? And ultimately, um, I decided to take the journey of starting this food company and really trying to impact as many lives as possible. I love it. So it's one thing for you to, you know, have these recipes, have friends of your family who wanting to buy it. But how in the world did you actually take what you were doing in your one bedroom apartment and turn it into a business? Well, so. It was very, very difficult for many, many years. Um, I would say that, you know, one of the things that I think 
kind of sets us apart from the others is that we've never taken any outside capital. And so everything that we had to do was through organic growth. And a lot of that at the beginning was like guerrilla style marketing. So we would do a lot of presentations. We would go try to make partnerships with gyms. We would go to doctor's offices. We would um, do all of these different things, just trying to put the word out. I would say like on the marketing side, one thing that we really focused on was SEO um, and how do we, you know, do more with less. Mm-hmm. Um, How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? 
you can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Um, and then just really try to get the word out. And then as we you know, started getting a little bit bigger, we always reinvested it into the company. Um, and that side of things is really on Thomas. So you know, Thomas, when he joined, really kind of took the marketing into his own hands and you know, doing the SEO, which is not something that I was very familiar with. Um, my big focus was how to scale the business, how to make operations smooth, how to manufacture not only for 10 people, but for 10,000 people um, and so on and sourcing and recipe creation, delivery driver, <laughs> all of those things um, at the beginning. And so you know, marketing and, and really growing the brand and getting the word out there was something that I needed help with. And that's um, where, you know, Thomas came along and, and really complimented me in that way. Was he in consumer products or what was he doing? Prior, he was, um, you know, working for a consumer, yeah, consumer product company, just trying to figure out like where he fit in the career world. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think for him, when he, obviously it was very family driven, right? So when he saw the impact that it had on our father and the impact that it could have on so many people, and also it just kind of made sense for him to, at that point in his career, to kind of make that shift. Um, it just made sense for him to try to, to come help. Was he working in a tech company or did he know, like how did you mentioned SEO? I mean- Yeah, it was like an e-com company okay. um, and they sold goods. Yeah. So it was like an e-com company that sold goods and products. Um, and he had, you know, he was working side by side with the owner of that company and was able to learn from him. And I think that just like I did, I didn't come from a big manufacturing background. I had really no, no experience in manufacturing whatsoever. And we just learned as we went. Um, and so I think a lot of that is true for Thomas as well and, and what he had to learn going through marketing. That's awesome. So it was just the two of you initially just trying to figure this out. How many SKUs did you have uh, in the first iteration? So uh, originally Freshaline was a vegan company. Um, and so we only had the vegan menu. Um, mm -hmm. So we would have 10 entrees, we would have breakfast items, but they were all vegan. And then about two years after we realized that the market 
you know, for vegan is much smaller, especially 12 years ago. You know, 12 years ago, the idea of mailing people food was very foreign. Um, I remember people barely knew how to pronounce quinoa. Um, And so it was, it was just like a funny thing that we had to deal with. And so with that being said, about a year after we launched, maybe two years after we launched, we decided to include meat product, Mm -hmm. um, which was a big game changer because obviously it appealed to more of the masses. But at the beginning, it was all vegan, mostly entrees. So there was like 15 SKUs. Interesting. And so were you hearing from consumers that they really like to see meat on the menu as well? And a combination of the two of them. So, so interesting. And you had mentioned like gyms and and doctor's offices. Is that where you started? Like, did you go just direct to consumer initially? Or were Mm -hmm. you actually trying to get it into places, retail places or or gyms or things like that? No, we've always focused on direct to consumer. That's really been our bread and butter. So we've done a little bit of retail here and there, but direct-to-consumer just seemed like a market that needed to be filled. And so the first customers I ever got was at at a Tupperware party that we hosted. um, And it was like 25 people. And out of 25 people, 20 of them signed up for the program. Um, And so, you know, still to this day, I have the little paper forms that they filled out um, and so on. So it's really interesting to see. But that's how it originally started was through that way. And our goal was to really grow the direct-to-consumer space. So, so interesting. So you mentioned like you changed the menu from vegan to adding some meats. Knowing what you know today as an entrepreneur, were there any, you know, is there one thing if you had it to do over again, you would do differently? There's so much (laughs) to be honest with you. Um, But I would say, you know, looking back now, I think packaging iteration has been huge. Uh You know, going from the Tupperware container to trying to go to something that looked a little bit more professional than a Tupperware container. So it's like a takeout container. Um, And then figuring out, you know, I had this idea one time of how can I prolong the shelf life a little bit? Okay, I'm going to put it in a vacuum sealed bag, which was an absolute nightmare. I spent hours for like 150 meals um, trying to vacuum seal them, then the top would break. So I would take it off and I would, I was, you know, doing that until two, three o'clock in the morning, um, just trying to figure out wow. these different ways to do the packaging. And then from there, we were able to purchase a machine that, you know, actually did a very professional looking heat seal um, and those kind of things. So I think a lot of what we learned came from learning from our mistakes and then needing to grow from them and then make it better. Even on the shipping, I mean, we used to pack the meals with like the peanut, like Mm -hmm. the stuffing peanuts so that they wouldn't move around, which was like not sustainable in any way. Um, Also, it was a lot of labor. And when the people got their packages, they were like, what is this? You know what I mean? Like it's meals with a bunch of peanuts. Um, And then, you know, learning that you have to be thoughtful about how you ship to high altitude places because some of our packages would go to Colorado and they would pop. And then we had to change our settings on the machine. So just throughout the years, like no matter what we were dealing with and no matter what kind of issue or problem I was trying to solve, it's always a learning experience. And so obviously, if I knew what I know today back then, I would have skipped like 10 packaging iterations to get to where we are today. Um, which is a much more professional looking packaging. It upholds the quality tenfolds. Um, it keeps the food beautiful and so on. And then, you know, a, a more sustainable liner in the in the package. 
a stronger corgit box. Like there's just so much. And that's just on packaging alone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like then you dive into manufacturing and production and that's, you know, a whole other can of worms. Were you always going national from the beginning? Because you're based in Southern California, right? We are. And we actually just um, got a building on the East Coast that we're going to be opening um, here in December. So we'll have an East and West Coast presence. But historically, we have only been on the West Coast. And yes, um, to answer your question, it was very important for me from the beginning to be national. I wanted to figure out a way Again, the mission and the ethos of the company was, you know, to try to help as many people as possible. And the people who, in my opinion, needed it the most are the people who don't have access. Like here in, in Orange County or Los Angeles, we have access to so much on the food and nutrition side. And a lot of people in, you know, middle America, even on the East Coast, it's a different situation. You go to those grocery stores and it's different. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it was so important. And again, it's not the case now. Now there's so much progression in the food space, which is beautiful. But 12 years ago, it was the case. And so it was important for me to have a national presence so that we could reach as many people as possible from the beginning. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think... There is not as much organic uh, in some states throughout the U.S., but they do have access to more and more of that type of food. But I still think having prepared meals is probably not as plentiful in many of those cities versus the coast, too. So Very true. Really, really interesting. So how have you gotten the word out about Fresh and Lean? And like how, I mean, obviously SEO, but also I feel like People need to try the product. And you talked about Tupperware parties in the early days, but how did you get the word out about it? It was a lot through friends and family and a lot through trying to just like show our faces, right? Show the brand, show the faces, try to get people to try the food as much as possible. It was just one of those things where we had to just keep going. It's not something that we do now. Um, you know, now we are so fortunate to have a, a great marketing team. We were able to um, finally, a couple of years ago, do TV ads. We were able to grow our social media. We we're able to just have a fantastic team. But in the beginning, it was really, really leaning on SEO and leaning on getting, like you said, the product in people's hands yeah. um, and doing a lot of those like tasting parties, I guess you would call them. So for SEO... I totally agree with you. We've done that a hint as well. And it's definitely SEO has been critical. How would you describe it to people who are not, maybe people who are listening who are not really that familiar with SEO? What do you think is, is kind of the key thing that they need to do? Because you need to have, you need to have stories, right? About in order for SEO to kind of work. Yeah, I would say what worked for us is a lot of blog posts. Uh -huh. You know, on the website, keywords were really important. Figuring out, you know, what are the keywords out there that people are searching the most? How do you rank on those keywords? Really getting content out there. So, like, the content that you put on your website is so important because if you're going after certain keywords, people need to be able to find it on your page, right? Or when you type it in on the browser, it needs to be able to pop up where where you are. So we focused a lot on writing blogs, getting contributors on the homepage, using very specific language, really understanding and honing in on what keywords really made sense in our industry. Is it vegan meal delivery? Is it ready to eat foods? Is it, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like there's just yeah. so many of them. And, and again, like I said, 
that's not my strong point. Yeah. Um, but I, I just know that I personally had to lean on people who knew better than me. But that's a lot of what we did was just making sure that our content and blog post on the website had external links, had, you know, just just trying to connect as much as possible yeah. with the outside through our content. And basically that helped you just show up in like organic search, right? So you had it exactly you were doing ads as well, but just for somebody who's not as familiar with why SEO might be really, really helpful. So you explained it great. So I can imagine not having any experience in the food industry. Maybe there were a few people who were like, we don't know what Laureen's doing. I mean, she's mm -hmm. like the naysayers. I call them the doubters mm -hmm. out there. What was some of the, the worst advice that you got from some people that you just had to sort of, I don't know, brush it off and, and just figure out, okay, how do I move forward? Well, I think a big one is you're just not going to make it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that, you know, the food industry historically has been led, has been very male led. You know, a lot of the big manufacturing companies like Nestle, they're just, again, historically very male led. They're very, very old, successful companies. And, you know, being 18 years old, being a female, trying to make it into this, you know, food world that really has a backbone of manufacturing. Um, had a lot of people coming in and being like, first of all, we don't understand what you're doing. You're not going to make it. And the way that you're doing it, we don't believe in. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it was to say, look, I can't let that drag me down. I believe in what I'm doing, which is the most important thing to me. And no one else is doing what I'm doing. And so it's really easy for anybody to come in, whether it's in my position or in anybody's position, I find that people which is really sad, would rather be negative than positive towards others. You know, it's easy to come in and try to slam what people are doing or try to throw them off of their course or whatever, you know, the situation is. And I had to learn early on that I couldn't let it affect me. Um, at first, it was really difficult, even in meetings, if, you know, I had male counterparts sitting next to me, like my brother or whoever. And if a question needed to be asked, they would address it to Thomas, even though it was for me. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I had to learn to speak up for myself and to really put all the, the crap aside and say, look, what it comes down to is the knowledge of what I can and can't do. And I think that my work speaks for itself. You know, the proof is in the pudding at the end of the day. And so, you know, as far as naysayers are concerned, I think there's a lot of them. And especially in our industry, in the beginning, like your, your product isn't going to hold up. Your packaging isn't good. The way that you manufacture isn't going to work yet. We've been able to do it profitably for 12 years and we grow year over year. Yeah. It was very difficult though. And I think that being a woman that was young didn't help. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think hopefully you've been able to see some of those people since those uh, meetings in early days. I had those, a very similar situations um, along the way. And it's always really fun because the story seems to change. Like, we always knew you were going to make it and everything's <laughs> right. And it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's fun to see those people who have, uh, who sit in my memory as being the naysayers and the doubters for sure. So Fresh and Lean started in 2010 and you've now founded a company and helped scale a company. What are some of the big things that you've learned along the way? Maybe it's operations. Maybe mm -hmm. I, you talked about packaging. 
Uh, it's interesting. You mentioned about when you're shipping to certain places and you've got to treat it differently before it goes. We mm-hmm. actually, I actually just interviewed the founder of Sprinkles Cupcakes and she told this really funny story that wasn't funny to her at the time, but <laughs> when they got to Arizona, I mean, it's such, you know, a hot climate and even different from Southern California where they had to have totally different packaging when I went went out the door because the cupcakes were just done. Melting. They yeah, were just melting. Sure. Yeah. And they're all about, oh, put it on the counter and it'll be fine for a couple of days. Well, it wasn't. And so, you know, she really learned the hard way and had to figure out different types of packaging and different wrappings in order to do that. Anyway, it was really interesting. So how about you, though? Anything, anything else like that? I mean, I think that what it kind of resonates in that story is like I was saying, like packages exploding <laughs> and yeah. getting to people and them saying like, look, I took one out and like the whole bottom is covered in like, you know, the meal, like another meal because it exploded in transit. And so just learning how to really make a strong package. And, you know, one of the things that we still deal with today is we would love to offer you know, the opportunity to peel the film back very easily. And I think that's a big thing on the user experience that we'd like to do. Hmm. But my biggest thing is like, we don't want to compromise convenience for quality and a, a peelable seal is a less perfect seal. So our food is, you know, vacuum packed in a tray, the film, you have to like cut it and things like that. But doing that was a lesson from the past, which was if we don't have a perfect seal with very good integrity, your meals will pop in transit, which is not at all what we want to do. That's a terrible customer experience. Um, And so there's, you know, little things like that, that we learn um, every day and still today. And I would say a big thing for me is, you know, being surrounded by the people that I'm surrounded with, whether it's, you know, the people on the floor in fulfillment, actually packing the products or the people in the kitchen making the food. I think the greatest lesson that I've learned has come from them, has come from, you know, understanding how to deal with different people from different walks of life, um, how to communicate properly with those people, how to build a team that's so important because I wouldn't be where I am today. We wouldn't be able to ship the meals that we ship if it wasn't for our employees. And they're so important. And through that, creating, you know, a second chance hiring program, which is also super important to me um, to give people opportunities to better their lives, which again, just to me all goes in this really important mission of the company um, and just to help. And I think that that doesn't just stop at our customers that we're feeding, but it also is internal work as well. So there's so many things that I've learned over the last 12 years, I've grown tremendously as a person as well. Um, And all of those things are just from lessons that not only were taught through the fails of the business and having to pick ourselves back up and just say, look, failing is not an option. How are we going to make this work? How are we going to be creative to find a solution? And also just the people that you meet along the way, um, which are just so impactful, at least to me in my journey. I love that. That is such a great description. And it sounds like you're, you know, willing to learn along the way. And also, you know, you're just super curious about mm-hmm. uh, everything. Yeah. And, you know, you didn't have all the answers, but you were willing to roll up your sleeves, especially when you saw a problem and figure out how to fix it. That's probably my most favorite thing about being an entrepreneur. I always describe it as a puzzle and that mm-hmm. you are building the puzzle without the picture. Uh, uh, that's how yeah. I, you know, describe it to people. You don't every day. You probably wake up and 
you think you're going to be doing one thing and then you end up doing another thing most days, but it's a lot of fun and you feel like, you know, sometimes you're doing things that nobody else has done in the industry. What is the thing that you've enjoyed most about being an entrepreneur? There's so much. I feel like, you know, you focus on all the hardships, but there's also so much positive. I think being able to dictate my own journey personally has been huge. I think also creating something that again has impact and has meaning. I feel really, really good about waking up every single day knowing that I'm doing the right thing for my life and that is in helping others and hopefully empowering others. I get to talk to a lot of my employees and I think that again I wake up every day and I feel very thankful that I'm able to, you know, provide jobs and things like that. So I think being an entrepreneur has so many different facets, but when you build a company, you know, a lot goes with it and there's a lot of support that's needed and so you're not only creating something that's being sold for consumption potentially, but in building that you're also creating a lot on the back end that to me is really meaningful. All the people who take so much pride and and work so hard on the back end of everything that we do is also makes me feel really good. I know I want to continue to give people opportunity um, to work and hopefully do what they love and um, continue to create a fantastic product that we give to our customers um, and grow our brand. And I think all of that is the really special part about being an entrepreneur. No, I love it. Such a great answer. So super congrats on everything. I'm so inspired by you, proud of you. And I really think that you've done an amazing job. What do you hope others will learn from your journey? I think that the biggest thing to me would be to just follow what you love, do what you love. I think there's a lot of people that go into business to make a lot of money, which I think is the wrong mindset. I think if you go into business and you start a company to make a lot of money, um, it'll probably fail and you'll be really disappointed. Um, And I think that if you do what you love and you follow your heart and you don't forget why you started or where you came from, I think that's what really builds successful businesses because it's a really good mindset to be in. And so, you know, for me, I hope that people look at the journey that we've been on and just seen the growth um, and seen the struggle, but seen the perseverance. And I think that that's really important is to persevere and really believe in your mission, really believe in what you're doing. You definitely have shown us that it's not based on age when you're starting a company. Mm-hmm. It's based on an idea and your ability to go and execute. That is so key. And having the right partner. I love that you're working with your brother and uh, you've been able to build something that you all really are helping people um, in so many ways. So thank you again. It was terrific for me, certainly, to hear your story and this conversation is really, really great. So uh, I thank know you for having will me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Thanks all for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And I want to thank all of our guests and our sponsors. And finally, our listeners, keep the great comments coming in. And one final plug, if you have not read or listened to my book, Undaunted, please do so. You will hear all about my journey, including founding, scaling, and building the company that I founded, Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, 
But achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.